Here we go. The Earth Fox Podcast. Welcome to the Earth Fox Podcast. With 404. Missing link. Yeah, he's a great man, by the way. Please don't forget to like, share, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. And visit us at vox404.com. Enjoy the show. Well, thank you very much for tuning in this week. We are on vacation, enjoying our holiday, but I have delved deep into the archives and found a podcast from the week after the 2020 election. So just to set the stage for you, uh, the podcast crew had fallen apart, demoralized, a little worried, maybe just over it as many passion projects tend to go. So my good friend and I sat down to have a conversation about whatever comes to mind. This is from November 15th, 2020. I hope you enjoy it. Thank you for checking in with us over the holidays. I appreciate you. We appreciate you. Share the show. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Today, things are a little bit different. Today, I'm all by myself, but joined by my very best friend, my very oldest friend, except second oldest compared to Clyde. I've only known Clyde longer. So please welcome to the show, Madamus Rex. Hello. Is the name I've chosen for you. I'll take it. I'm glad you're here, buddy. It's been a long time. Yeah, it has been a while. Been a long while. What have you been up to? You're building a studio? Yeah, yeah. We've been uh, taking apart a two-car garage and just ripping it to pieces, throwing a bunch of walls up, and finally got everything insulated and walled in. We've actually started tracking in the last week, finally. Isn't it funny how exciting that kind of stuff becomes when you're a adult person <laughs> it, it, yeah it, it means a lot more i guess you you cherish it more i just remember like my parents are divorced so i had one of those relationships with my dad where it was like uh go visit on the weekends right kind of a thing and there was a period of time in my adolescence or my my early teenage years i think i was probably 13 or 14 when he was remodeling a house his house and we would go over there on the weekends and it would just be, you know, when I would go visit on the weekends, it would be like just going to work for the weekend because <laughs> we were, we were tearing stuff apart and yep. ripping out floors. And, uh, it was a total gut, total, like full on remodel. Yeah. And I just remember thinking, this sucks. <laughs> I want to, I want to hang out and relax, dad. Right. I don't want to do work. Right. Right. But then you get done with it. And you go, I did that. As an adult, yes. Yeah. As an adult, it's much more satisfying. Yeah. Like buying a new washer and dryer is like <laughs> exciting. It is. As an adult. And not even because, like when Courtney and I f were first moving into this house, we cut a deal with the folks that bought our old house to leave all of the appliances, which we were good with because... We made a little money off the sale of that house. Mm -hmm. So we had already intended buy new appliances and buy new furniture and, and that kind of stuff. 
so this place that we bought had a fridge and a, a range <clears throat> and a dishwasher, but no washer and dryer for the clothes. Oh, so we got to go pick out a washer and dryer and then they had to take a couple of days to fit us in for their delivery. And those, those two days were like waiting for Christmas to come around <laughs> as a child for a washer and dryer peeking out the window. <laughs> and then on kind of on the flip side, I remember when I was maybe not adolescent age, but in my late teens, early twenties. And even as I was growing up, it felt like we moved every year. So it was moving into a different house. It was a, there was excitement mm -hmm. and anticipation of, oh, <clears throat> you know, I'm going to have my new room. I'm going to have a new room and I'm going to, you know, set up my new room and have all of my stuff. And it was exciting. And mm -hmm. now as an adult, when it's time to move, you're like, oh, <laughs> no, like every, <laughs> every time moving, it just gets worse. And it makes me wonder, like, how could my parents stand moving around so much and i i i get it if you're a renter because your your lease ends right. your landlord wants to raise your rent and you're like nah i'm out of here i'm out i don't i don't want it especially when they're like hey we're gonna raise your rent and you say well what are you gonna do for me are you gonna come in and replace the carpet and paint the walls and, and that yeah, kind of what stuff. do like, i get for this no we're just gonna no. raise your rent and not do anything for you so it's like okay well i have then i'm gonna move into a place that's got new carpet and a fresh coat of paint yeah take care now bye bye then exactly <laughs> <laughs> so that was always good incentive to move as a renter if you're if you're leasing but i feel like the last couple three or four times we moved with my family as a youngin we were selling the old place, moving all of our stuff in, into the new place under a new, you know, mortgage. And the older you get, the more stuff you accumulate. Oh, to. yeah. So I feel like I've got hoarder tendencies a little bit. So the last couple of times I've moved, I've been like, OK, it's time to. Get all I'll just I will make enormous sacrifices <laughs> on my stuff that I've been collecting and carrying around with me from place to place. Matter of fact, you recognize these couches, I'm sure. Yeah. That, Cause they that were, were mine that were cozy. And actually Dude, they were my parents before that. And then that's they were one of the, I don't like one of the big indicators about the quality of furniture is how long it holds up. And this is the kind of stuff you don't realize when you're, a young adult and you just want to spend the least amount. I mean, a lot of times it's out of necessity. Sure. It's like, Oh, thank God I can go to big lots and get, <laughs> yeah. you know, get a love seat for 79 bucks, right. you know, or, or wherever. I think I got a real piece of shit from Sears one time <laughs> couch to sit on, or you're just driving down the road and you see somebody's got their old and busted out on the corner for free. And you just grab that and like do the smell test real quick and like make sure it hasn't been marinated in cat piss for the last 10 years. Yeah. So that's the worst. That's a, that's a risk. I actually lived. Do you remember my tiny little house that I had in Portland? Oh yeah. I remember that. Place. I bought it because it was, well, I didn't buy it, but I, I, 
decided to rent it based on the location. It was in it was in the woods in West Portland and that was about it. That was the, the weirdest little place. The ever. rest of it was like, I mean, what would you even call that? What I, was I think the landlady told me that it was that it used to be a sauna for a nearby house <laughs> and they turned it into this like little one bedroom like it was i it worked and once i got all my stuff in there but there were no cabinets it was just shelves no the storage sucked shelves the storage to put was rough shelves to put my plates and stuff on one little cabinet in the corner that i think was like the old chimney or some, I mean, I, I like, I don't know if it was an old sauna. Why did it have a chimp? Like maybe it was a really old sauna. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Back when they used to that, put chimneys in sauna. That, that thing something. was, that was pretty rough, but I think you were only paying like 400 a month or something I was like paying, that. It was 535. Oh. And that was. It was cheap. That was like as much as I could afford at the time. And it was, I was pretty much staring down the bet, the barrel of like too far out of town to be convenient or studio apartment in right. downtown. Right. So when I found this little place and I, at first I told her, no, I don't want it because it was too, it was just too gross. Cause it had like that. Re- remember the carpet that they used to put in classrooms that was just like that really like tight, like yeah. you fell down on it and it was like falling on the concrete, except <laughs> for you also got a rug burn. Right. It was like, Hey, <laughs> we just made this the worst possible thing that you surface yeah. that you could fall down. Here on. you go schools. Um, and they put it. So I had that carpet in there. It was like one third of that was like that kind of carpet. The middle third was like linoleum where the kitchen was. And then the other third was the shower. I think that, the ma- but I think, area. I think even in the bedroom, see that's, that was the thing. The bedroom in the place was so small that I actually had to notch out one leg of my headboard so that it would fit around the trim. <laughs> On the, around around the floor in the bedroom, so it was the width of my queen size bed headboard. I remember pulling that bed out of there, <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was. I mean, it worked. It that did. was that was the best way to describe it. Yeah. It worked for about nine months, and then my old roommate, who was awesome and from New Zealand, hit me up to say he was looking for a place again, and I said, "Let's do it." I'm out of this place, and I'm t- I was tired of living alone at the time and it all just it all just worked out that's one of the best things about looking back in the in looking back on the past you follow all of the decisions that you've made to get to the place that you are and that's why i kind of have the philosophy of of no regrets because sure i made some regrettable decisions but here i am now and life isn't perfect, but I'm feeling pretty good about it. You're doing pretty good. So I wouldn't want to do anything differently, really, no. because otherwise that puts what I have now in jeopardy. Exactly. I think we could probably both. Oh, yeah. Enjoy that sentiment. Oh, yeah. Very much so. I would encourage you all listening to maybe contemplate that sentiment a little bit because the world is falling apart 
<laughs> at the seams. <laughs> and it's hard. I mean, that's another reason I feel really fortunate to be away from it all. I'm in a place where I can hide because if I was still in Portland, I'd probably be in jail because I don't think I would be able to just sit idly by and watch people burn my city down and destroy its monuments and no shit stuff like that. I don't know. I'm up here, so I can't, I can't realistically speculate on what I would have done because it's not really real until you're, really there yeah there was a bunch of rioting and and violence just yesterday Mm -hmm. because it is sunday the 15th as we are recording this so yesterday was the million maga march which is a terrible name terrible name if you if you break down the 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 acronym it's the million make America great again, March. That makes no sense. But I know it was a play on words from the, oh, sure. the million man, March, oh, sure. which is a good name. It was just one of those like sort of walking from the car to the building kind of decisions. Like, <laughs> oh, hey, we're having a rally. What should we call it? Uh, the million MAGA March. Sound good? Yeah, that works. Yeah. Taxi! <laughs> you know, like, we're going our separate ways. We've made this decision. We're not going to discuss it anymore because really it doesn't matter. No. It's a thousand people, thou- well, thousands of people, mainly in Washington, D.C., that all got together to rally for President Trump and the election results that still aren't out yet they're doing recounts in uh georgia and wisconsin or pennsylvania Pennsylvania. maybe it's pennsylvania but there's so far i think the count is i have it here or i had it here i don't think i got rid of it maybe i did i do really dumb stuff like that (laughs) <laughs> I I try to hold on to a I try to hold on to a website in my like in my open tabs. Oh yeah. And and then I'll just, you know, open up my browser and bestbuy.com and then I'm like, "Oh no, what was I trying to save there?" Oh well, PlayStation's more important. <laughs> it was the uh the election outcome here according to the epictimes.com has Trump at 232 electoral college votes and Biden at 227. And this is minus the states that are under dispute. So we've got in Nevada and Arizona pending lawsuits, also pending lawsuits in Michigan and Pennsylvania, and then recounts in Georgia and Wisconsin, man. And really, it depends. You want to see? Sure. I'll try to remember to pull a snap of that and show the audience. Wow. But no promises. (laughs) I'm forgetful little Billy. That's crazy. But the uh, mainstream media has become completely unreliable. They're all ready to call it and move on. And maybe that's what should happen. 
but no one's declaring results yet. So you can't de- declare a winner, which means you can't declare a president-elect, which makes the whole sort of idea or reality, I guess, that they're referring to Biden as president-elect and he's picking his cabinet and he's communicating with foreign leaders and all of that to be really not only disingenuous, but also really kind of insidious. Like, no, no, we picked the guy. This is the guy that we wanted. This is the guy we all wanted. So since we've been able to, I don't know, manufacture these results, this is what we're going to do. And we're just going to move on. So you all should play along. It's like, hey, we'll all just play along with Biden as the president, just like we all kind of played along with COVID being this really horrifying disease, pandemic, whatever that's been ravaging the country when really just as it was with COVID, this whole Biden is the president thing is just something that the media made up. Yeah. They just made it all up. And I don't know. I mean, really, they're they're the biggest problem. The media, the me, the media is mm-hmm. the biggest problem. Yeah. Who it, like who started the whole idea that Trump was a racist? <laughs> it was the media. As soon as he started doing well in the in the Republican primary polls back in 2015 or 2014, they decided, oh, we got to get something on this guy. So we'll just make up this story that he's a racist. And that's what they've been doing for the last four years. And now here we are, and they're making up the results of the election. Yeah, they, also. Jump, they jump in and immediately say that, oh, he won. He won. Yeah, that's no, all we're, done. We're oh, by the it. way, now that you did win, go ahead and start doing shit. I mean, you already won. Look. look. Yeah. We'll keep this guy. <laughs> they're with Trump like, hey, over here. <laughs> over here. Don't look, at, don't, don't look at that guy. I got some. I got these keys, jingly jangly, <laughs> over here. <laughs> what a nightmare! And I just, dude, I just don't know what we what we do about that. We, I mean, we voted. What? What? But what can we do about the media? There, they, not only the news media, but also social media have built this entire artificial reality where Trump is a racist. Oh, it's very agent, one-sided. Agent it's one-sided. of Russia. And Joe Biden is the president now, even though the election hasn't been decided. And he's not even president. Even if he were the winner of this election, he's not even the president until January 20th. Right. He's supposed to be in transition right now. Yeah, he can't be talking to anybody or doing presidential things or whatever he thinks that is. But Trump isn't even granting his campaign transition funds. So that tells you something. It's not over. There's thousands of affidavits alleging voter fraud. Yeah. And these, this, that's, that's sworn statements. That means you could go to jail for perjury. Mm-hmm. If it turns out you were just making stuff up. But the media reports there's no fraud. Of course. And the media reports that Biden is the president. And the media reports that COVID is dangerous and we all got to put a mask on. What the hell is happening? And I don't know anyone that thinks that this whole lockdown mask thing is a good idea. 
but I'm a, but I'm supposed to believe that the majority of the country all thought that Biden was the guy. When all, when all of I when all I hear is that uh, government is out of control and we got to get our rights back, and it's all the Democrat governors in Washington, Oregon, and California locking everything down with their edicts and their mandates and forcing people to wear a mask and forcing people to close their business. And it's been <coughs> hundreds of times more devastating to people's lives than this coronavirus. And I'm supposed to believe that we voted as an electorate, we voted for the guy that's going to keep it all going. No, I don't. I don't believe that. I'm sorry. And why would I? I've been around people long enough to know what they, I mean, what's, what's your experience? Have you, have you been exposed to a lot of normal people in your day-to-day -day life? Because here's the thing. This is the caveat. The governors create these mandates and then the health department goes around and says, oh, you're not making people wear their masks. You're not doing this. You're not doing that. We're right. going to shut you down and we're going to fine you. We're going to do all this stuff. So this bureaucracy goes around and forces the businesses to enforce all of this stuff. Mm -hmm. So business owners and operators have no choice. They're, that's their freedom taken away from them. Pretty much. But people in their day-to-day -day life can still decide whether or not they want to put a mask on and yes. if they want a social business uh, distance and if they want to do any of these, uh, you know, advised things that they should quote unquote be doing to keep themselves safe. So when we never did this for the flu, no. And I mean, some places are definitely less strict than others. Um, like I said, Disney world, I mean, well, yeah, it all depends on the, it all and, depends on the government. And, and they, yeah. And they cut down how many people went in. There was only about a quarter of the amount of people. I mean, there's a lot of people that go there. So, and then you go to another place with the same restrictions and whatnot. And there was a lot of families not wearing masks and all that stuff. They just didn't really care. If you wanted to wear one, go ahead. If not cool, just wash your hands and stuff. Well, and that's part of what's so infuriating for me. If you just do the research for yourself and read a few medical papers, familiarize yourself with the results, and you can see pretty clearly and pretty quickly that this is all just political. And so now I'm to the point where I just don't, I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to put a mask on. And if you're going to try to make me put a mask on, I'm just not going to go in there. Yeah. Because I won't obey a mandate that is based on ignorance and stupidity and fear. Ignorance it is, is fear. It is, it is fear based for sure. For sure. And I really believe that if, if, if it's really because Trump was going to get reelected, they wanted to damage the economy. 
to try to hurt his chances. And now that it looks like Biden is the guy, well, now they're going to do, now they're going to use it to do this great global reset where they just kind of change everything. I mean, nobody really knows what the great reset is, except for that it's referred to in, you know, UN meetings and, you know, meetings of the Bilderberg group and, and these, you know, the Council on Foreign Relations and not all of these places that you realize when you look closely, like you realize that these are the places that are actually running the show for the globe. It's funny when I was, when I was a little kid, I, I thought, okay, so when the president is done being president, he's still kind of the president, but what is, what does he do now? And then you, you realize, oh, well then he goes, he kind of graduates to the next level, you know, the next tier where you are now doing speaking fees and lobbying and you're still, uh, you're still running the show. Mm -hmm. And if you did a good job, maybe you get to be, you know, a, a lieutenant in the deep state army because they op- they they go to operate all of the media and Facebook and Twitter and sort of the thought control like as soon as Obama was out of office he's now on the board of Netflix and the UN and apparently the World Health Organization and the Council on Foreign Relations they're all developing global policy do you remember it was i was probably eight years ago now suddenly you started knowing the names of the world leaders yeah like did you did you ever know who the prime minister of canada was before it was justin trudeau no. Did, did you ever know who the the president of Germany was before uh, uh, Angela Merkel? No. No. But suddenly they started pushing the names of all of these global leaders out into our media narrative. And it was, oh, Justin Trudeau's so great. Oh, Angela Merkel's so great. Like it was all this, what I'm saying is it was all the, it was this positive press. Oh, you know, it was like, Oh, Hey, these, these other leaders are doing great things. And I thought, why, why do we care what's going on in Canada? Why, why do we care who the president of Canada is? Not that we shouldn't care, but just why, <laughs> why, why is it suddenly, why is it in front of my face? I mean, that's it. Like no, no other kind of emotions attached to it, but just why is it in front of my face? Right. And now here we are where it's like, I mean, I don't know. I, I have all of these theories. The one actually while this whole COVID thing, as this whole COVID thing was going on, I kept trying to figure out, like, who's responsible? Who, who's responsible for this, this pandemic, this turn of events, this 2020? Yeah. And it was China, right? I mean, that was what, I mean, but there, there was a moment when Trump said, 
it was China. But China said, how dare you say it was us? It was your virus. And you released it here over in the in the wet market or, or whatever. Yeah. You, you gave it's, it to the bat. No, it's your fault. And that was what set me on the path of, okay, who, who will... Who's responsible for this? Who who did this this thing? You know, what's the per- I mean because obviously, I, you know, with COVID I started paying really close attention to the flu because they were they were saying you know, some people were saying, "Oh, it's just like a flu virus. It gives you pneumonia." So I started looking in like on the the CDC website like What's the flu do in terms of deaths per year? Between 80 and 120,000 was what the CDC was, was, uh, wow. uh, you know, what, what's, what's the word? Why can't I, why can't I think predicting, predicting God, <laughs> words are, words are hard. Words are hard. Haven't had enough caffeine this morning. So when you compare that to COVID, it doesn't look like anything that you should really be scared about. Well, then the next time I went back to the CDC website to look, it was down to 60,000. And then all the, the information that you could find out about the flu on the internet started disappearing. <laughs> Legit. I know it sounds crazy, but I would only know about this if I was paying close attention, like I was, because suddenly people were starting to freak out about this virus that was making people drop in this, like collapse in the streets. <laughs> I have the video on my website, ryanokiogan.com. If you scroll down, the, the very last video is these staged videos that came out of Wuhan, China of mm. people just collapsing in the street or people just being like unconscious in the street when the, with the doctor to come up and, and work on them. It was all a bunch of propaganda. And then uh, he's at Michael P. Sanger, S-E-N-G-E-R, on Twitter, put together this report on the Chinese propaganda campaign. And I've talked about it on the show before, but it's all of these Twitter accounts that are fake, all pushing the same message about Chinese lockdowns and wearing masks. And then it goes even further into Chinese relationships with local leaders. And they had this whole list of... This governor's friendly. This governor's not friendly. This mayor is friendly. These city council members are friendly. These other people, like who they could manipulate and who they could pay off and who they couldn't work with. It was all broken down in, into three different categories. And you realize that it was all China that spread this idea of global lockdown across the world. Mm-hmm. And then you learn about things like Event 201, which was a pandemic scenario that was designed or, or at least, uh, I mean, I don't know what you, you'd say, like played out w- by the Rockefeller group. 
and that name that's you know that's a that's a big name that's a well-known it name it is and in this event 201 that the rockefeller group put together it discusses having the world adopt china's model for the pandemic response so then china kind of becomes you know china occupies the seat at the head of the table of this new world order global government that is being established so if you're if you're following this series of events you can follow it all the way down to a pretty sensible conclusion with China as the bad guy. But I'm, I'm, I really just don't believe anything. Just, <laughs> there's so much out there to, to look at. And especially when, especially when you don't like, well, when, when you can find false information, when you can get in and, and, start researching into something that you know and find all of this false information like there's there's a saying that people who have been interviewed in major publications they they like to repeat it and it's it's something to the effect of you don't know how wrong the media gets it until they do a story about you. And then you read that story and you realize this is wrong, this is wrong, this is wrong, this is wrong. Gotcha. And how do you believe anything that that comes from these people? And that's a whole, I mean, we could do a whole hour-long podcast just on on that dynamic. Because, I mean, you can't really, it, it, you can't make it nefarious every time. Like, sometimes, like, we're all human beings. And, sure. And we just, people make mistakes. But I've been hearing since before the pandemic that Trump needed to watch out for another market crash. Mm -hmm. Now there's a lot of stuff going on with the central banks and the federal reserve and the United States treasury and, and all of that stuff. There's a whole other rabbit hole to go down with that. So that the, the idea that there was a crash coming could be bad information, but if there was a crash coming, and Trump needed to get reelection. Well, you'd have to blame that crash on something, right? Sure. Well, I could never really figure out like why he would go along with the COVID thing to cover up the crash and like continue going on and on and on and on with it. I mean, unless maybe he, if it was like a, we kind of let it happen sort of thing. Like they say, nine 11 was, uh, like they say 9-11 was an inside job because uh, apparently the day before it happened, like Donald Rumsfeld announced that there was like a trillion dollars missing from the Pentagon that they couldn't, uh, that they couldn't account for. So then like all of the places with the financial records of, of this potential 
you know, snafu that, mm. that led to a trillion dollars missing, like the place that got hit in the Pentagon. I mean, this is all what the conspiracy theorists oh, sure. are, are alleging. Like I have no idea. I haven't done like the independent research to find out for myself, but they say like the part of the Pentagon that got hit by a plane was where they kept all the financial records. And then like the, the twin towers also had like a ton of financial records. And then <clears throat> there was this other, uh, building seven that had, uh, was just all financial records and didn't didn't get hit by a plane or anything but they just demolished it anyway and said that like burning debris from the other towers like caught that Mm -hmm. building on fire and that was why it just it that was why that one went down too (laughs) so if true and i'm sure highly unprovable that's the thing about conspiracy theories is you can't prove them but you also can't disprove them right and so all of this stuff has kind of led to me like trying to figure out how how to make like how is it trump's fault like maybe it's not trump's fault and i'm not saying that i even wish that it was trump's fault everything gets blamed on on him regardless so let's do it again right <laughs> i was like might as well but, I but mean, what so so i put this together and it's complete fantasy and i feel a little bit guilty for for putting it together but it goes it goes a little something like this and and maybe you can help me flesh it out and we can okay. just we can just play fantasy and and then it'll be fun <laughs> <laughs> all right <laughs> so the trump administration the whole trump administration was a false flag to go to war with china now let's flesh it out a little bit Trump, uh, the the Chinese economy was set to take over, or or not take over, but overtake the United States economy as or or did already. Anyway, like China was top dog. If it like if it wasn't the United States, it would be China. Right, it was China. So assume now that the the groundwork had been laid from the previous administration and that Hillary's email servers being infiltrated by China, like, like all of this Chinese infiltration, because you know that China is involved in our, I mean, not only a lot of our financial institutions, but then also our corporate institutions, Mm -hmm. our educational institutions, like they're, I mean, the the Chinese tentacles are wrapped well around <laughs> this country. Yeah. And this is one of the things that I keep going to in my mind when I think about four more years of Trump. How do we not have more conflict with China in in a second Trump administration in four more years of Trump? It I mean, it's I feel like it's definitely going to happen. To what extent, I'm not sure, but how can we allow China to behave like this with our country and let them get away with it? Now, what Trump has been doing with the tariffs and and being real tough on China has been a good thing, and it's hurt their economy. And that's another argument that fits in well with the China released the virus on purpose argument because because of what we're doing. If if their economy was hurting from our tariffs they can release this relatively harmless virus, blow it up like it's way worse than it is, then start this propaganda campaign that says you got to lock everything down and cripple your economy, giving 
us in China an opportunity to catch back up since we've been crushed by the Trump administration and his tariffs. Now we have to crush the rest of the world to bring it back to a level playing field where we can get the upper hand. Now say this is just the picture that's been painted by the false flag. Yeah. Because it starts making its way into the public narrative with the Hillary email servers in the 2016 campaign. Nothing happened with that. No. Hillary's still free. Apparently, we found the deleted emails and we were going to put them out. But then the Hunter Biden thing showed up. And oh, he had all of those Chinese ties and Ukrainian ties and foreign ties. Almost like to set it up for more turmoil in a Biden administration. Like just in case Biden wins, now we've got more, like we've got more dirt on China. Mm -hmm. Like we can still keep the pressure up on China. Right. We can say, you know, once Trump gets out of office, now we can say, oh no, turns out it wasn't Russians like we thought it was the Chinese. Mm -hmm. Now we have this new information. Oh, we do have these, we do have these Hillary China emails and this, we do have these emails and this proves that it was was actually China, like, oh, China bad, China mm. bad, bad, bad. Just keep it in our back pockets. And the whole time we got this smoke screen with Russia and Ukraine and all of this stuff to, to get, because it, it really felt to me like at the beginning of the Trump administration, they were trying to get a big war going. And the, the, the thing is about this, this, the way our psychology is manipulated through the news media and social media is really interesting because um, like with the black lives matter thing, Mm -hmm. for example, what nobody really seems to understand is what a embarrassing display the media is portraying of the black community. Oh, it's terrible. They don't represent the black community. No. But if you turn the near, if, if you turn the news on, it sure seems like, Mm -hmm. like they do. It's disgusting. So you have to, I mean, like at a certain point you want to grab them and and shake them and be like, look, look, like, look how you look. This is how you look. Yeah. Like you look like a damn fool. You look like these de- degenerate scumbags. Like, is that, is that what you want to like? This is what they're making you look like. <laughs> All of them. And what a, like, what a horrible, disgusting picture this, this paints of this community that, it, that we need to like try to coexist with in, in yeah. this country. And it's all the media. It is. And so this is how, this is how they, they, they manipulate your psychology. You don't even realize your psychology is being manipulated until it's right in your face. And you're like, oh, black people are gross. Uh, wait a minute. What? I don't think that. Yeah. Why is that even inhabiting my body? Right. Oh, well, it's because of, of all this negative Antifa and Black Lives Matter. They're making everybody look coverage. bad. It makes them, it makes them look terrible yeah and it creates more chaos and division and man i tell you if if chaos is the idea if chaos is the goal though they're they are succeeding they're knocking it out of the park they are absolutely knocking it out of the park 
People are losing their businesses, their livelihoods. And nobody has a clue what's going on. Yeah. Like, it, it all depends on who you listen to. Oh, I listen to Tucker Carlson, so I don't believe anything that you believe because you listen to Anderson Cooper. Yeah, exactly. It's like, wait, wait a minute. What? Isn't the truth just the truth? Like, isn't what happened just what actually happened? Oh, no, 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 no. Not anymore. <laughs> now now that we've, we've created all of these independent realities that we subscribe to, depending on, on what we get through the screen. So you could easily turn this whole thing on China. But if you look hard enough, well, you could maybe actually turn it right back on the Trump administration. Because if he is just playing a part, which if, if I, I really believe if, if Biden ends up being the president for the next four years, he really was just another piece of the puzzle. He really was just another cog in the machine. Yeah. Maybe he tried to, if, if Biden becomes the next president in January, I believe it was Trump's responsibility to get the economy back on track, um, build up a, a, a get, get a juggernaut military back. Yeah. And then hand it off to Biden or, or hand it off to whoever. <laughs> yeah. And they will then it, almost like, um, uh, the episode star Wars episode two, the clone wars mm. where they discover that army of stormtroopers on that, on that planet. Like, Oh yeah, we're just building millions. We, Hey, Oh, Hey, I'm glad you're back. We've been building millions of soldiers. Yeah, these are just this, for you guys. This whole, this whole time. Are you guys ready for your, your millions of, of troops? It's like, okay, we got this orange guy out of office and now we have this juggernaut of an army for you. But there's, there's still a lot of unknown in, in order to make that, that decision or, or in, in order to make that call. I feel like there's two, there's two factions to the deep state. And I haven't, I haven't really got it worked out to what what either side wants but i feel like at at the least one one faction is more spiritual and more in the oh i i hear the chopper <laughs> get, get to the chopper <laughs> get to the chopper now i don't know that's that's probably not going to come through on the microphones but <laughs> yeah there's a chopper over my head can you hear it I don't know. They're coming. They're, <laughs> They're coming, coming for us. <laughs> I said, I said the code word. <laughs> They're like, Oh no, he's got it figured out quick. Get him, get him, get him. bag him. <laughs> that would be nuts. That'd be crazy. They land in my backyard. <sighs> we definitely go off. We definitely go off the air because I know the data line. I was here when the guys ran the data line and he would, he would totally tort tear to shit. <laughs> he would totally rip it down. He would totally rip it down if he landed in the backyard. <laughs> but there's just enough. I mean, it, it it's it really even just breaking down this whole separate conspiracy theory where where Trump was part of the elite 
as I mean, it's so funny because I sit over here on this side of things and the folks on the left that just completely irrationally hate Trump would love to hear this theory. Like, yeah, it's all his fault. It's all his fault. Mm -hmm. What I'm saying is, but maybe it, it, it really could conceivably have all been, I mean, the whole thing with the QAnon movement. Did you ever look into any of that? I didn't look into that one. So it's, it's weird. It's it, it. I mean, depending on who you talk to, it comes down to, uh, Trump discovered that there was this cabal of pedophiles and child sex trafficking. And that that's what he's been. So he's been going to war with those, the the people that are responsible kind of for this, this other world, uh, this underworld that involves this, child sex trafficking but also involves like the the one world government and and basically just like the bad people like rooting out the bad people that are in positions of power the whole like draining the swamp thing not not just like jeffrey epstein and the you know child prostitution but then also like the hillary clinton's and the uh just the bad, the bad folks, mm-hmm. the, the, the bad people, the drain in the swamp. And a lot of, there's a lot of things about the whole Q movement make sense and kind of add up to the point where you're like, hmm, well, uh, wait a minute, there might be something here. And then nothing happens. But then you go back and you're kind of like, oh, well, wait, well, maybe this is kind of a thing. And, and some of it is, some of it can be like, oh yes, he, it was, it was predicted and see it happened. Like, it's it's like, it must be real. But interestingly, it, it, it holds this kind of like always in between like, eh, like, yeah, you could, I mean, without trying to sound blasphemous, but almost like the Bible where it's like, if you want to believe this thing and you read it this way, like you can totally get that meaning from it. Right. But if you don't want to, and you, and you want to read it a different way, like I'll give you a perfect, perfect example. (coughs) So I don't know if I've talked much about my religious views. Do you have a little bit, but the, uh, I consider myself to be a non-traditional Christian. And that's just because I did what I do with everything, which is just kind of make up my own mind about it. Yeah. And one of the first jobs I ever had as an adult, I had a conversation with a guy that I worked with about getting a tattoo. And he brought up the, the passage in the, in the Bible. I forget where it was, but it says you, you should not. Uh, you know, cut yourselves for the dead or tattoo your bodies or, you know, this and that saith the Lord. And so I looked it up myself, the passage that he was talking about in the Bible and Mm -hmm. I read it and it was, it had to do with the, uh, the Israeli people that were rescued from the Egyptians by Moses and were crossing the desert. 
and that was one of like the new laws that these people had to follow was you're not allowed to do these weird burial funerary traditions where you cut your you like you know you cut yourself and you wail and you bleed and you you know not like commit suicide but like these weird grieving rituals god was telling these the israelis like no more of that and that was where the whole don't get a tattoo thing came in so i thought hmm people say it says in the bible that you're not supposed to get t- get tattoos that's not really true because he's not telling me not to get a tattoo even though i never got any tattoos right it didn't have anything to do with that he's also not telling you not to get tattoos because you're not a jewish slave recently freed from egypt and and the the thing just to provide a little more context to that story is the Jewish people were enslaved by the Egyptians, according to the Bible, because they did some stuff that God didn't like earlier on in the Bible. So it was kind of their punishment to be slaves to the Egyptians for however long. Right. And then Moses comes along and, you know, let my people go and they take off across the desert and then they're free. And it was then, then came the whole worshiping of the golden calf and the 10 commandments. Mm -hmm. And part of that was you shall not cut yourselves or tattoo your bodies for the dead. And then that turned into, Hey Matt, you shouldn't get tattoos, but I don't agree with that because I looked it up. I got the context for myself. I don't believe personally that that's what that's saying. And you can sort of do the same thing with this QAnon movement, because if you go to um, the, the site that I've been going to regularly is QAnon.pub. It's Q-A-N-O-N dot P-U-B. And all that is, is somebody has put together a compilation of everything that this supposed Q person has been posting. And it's, it's been sort of universally agreed upon in the community that Q isn't just one person. It's a small group of people around the president, um, maybe providing this information at the president's direction or maybe independently. The story goes that he's, uh, that, well, Q, the group of, of these Q people are, um, they have all the classified intelligence. They, they know everything. That's where the Q thing came, uh, came from because it's Q level clearance, which is the highest security clearance that there, that there is. Uh, so allegedly they know everything and it's, it's still a crime to release classified information to the public. Um, Unless you're the NSA, which is, oh, there's, there's so much to get into. It's the reason I like it is because it's interesting. The yeah. reason I like conspiracy theories is because they're interesting. There's so many ways you can look at them. And that's really, I mean, if you want to be a good conspiracy theorist, you can't just go, yeah, I believe everything. <laughs> you really have to go. I believe nothing except for what I've independently verified for myself. Mm. And that's why I can't come down and say, 
yeah, I think Q is real or no, I think Q is a bunch of bollocks because it's one of those things. It's like, just like the Bible, like you have to kind of accept it on faith. Like, I believe that this is legit. I mean, I I believe that that Donald Trump really is on a crusade to save the world. And that's why I said a a couple of shows ago, I think it was, uh, I can't, if Donald Trump gets reelected, I can't believe it. And if Joe Biden gets elected, I I can't can't believe it it. (laughs) because it just doesn't make sense. And really when you, when you arrive at that conclusion, you, it's pretty easy to realize that what we say really doesn't make a difference at all. There's a bigger picture behind it. One thing that I heard, um, oh God, I forget who it was. It was some expert on Joe Rogan, as it usually is. (laughs) (laughs) Um, He was talking about how the, uh, oh, and I've lost it. Oh, oh, how, how um, one of the things that, oh, it was the guy that made the Social Dilemma movie. On uh, on on Netflix, they came out with uh, it was like a documentary about how Facebook and social media in general is really kind of bad for our mental health. But he was saying one of the I don't know if it was side effects or or direct uh, direct effects or or uh, desired effects I should say was that a lot more people are uh, prone to believe in conspiracy theories now. Part of that is kind of like, well, no, duh, because you kind of have to pick a side in terms of where you're going to get your information from. Mm, true. But also, I mean, and that, that just ties into how like this, uh, the scientific movement in terms of, of climate change and then the political movement in terms of like Black Lives Matter and Antifa and mm. just sort of the liberal left as it is right now, it's all sort of treated as a religion. And the, the problem with that is if you, if you like, like there's no balance, like you got to have that balance of, I mean, even in religion, it's, it's like you have your spiritual and religious side, but then you also have your, your, uh, uh, scientific and, uh, sort of tangible facts mm-hmm. based side. And it, it exists in, in harmony and it, that's what keeps you as a, a balanced sort of even keeled person and social media and news media along with these religious scientific and political movements have given us radicals You know, there's there's the memes. I know you like memes. Oh, I love them. But I don't know how much you've seen of like the the social justice warrior people. Like they've got the girl with the glasses making the face. Yeah. And they've got this other girl making the face, and it's just like, I mean, it, that's another really div, uh, divisive kind of um, psychological manipulation because it's like the white college age progressive girl mm-hmm. being pushed out as the Karen. Now we now yeah, have that Karen's. We now have that uh, stereotype with mm-hmm. the Karens. And if you look at it from that 50,000 foot view, man, you realize like, Oh, they're just making these people look bad. They're just making, they're making these people look bad. They're making us 
they're making us decide. Do I like what I'm seeing or do I not what I like what I'm seeing? Mm-hmm. Am I on this person's side or am I not on this person's side? They're they're they very very carefully cultivated this black and white. I'm on one side or the other, but we're not going to have a conversation about it. Nope. And that's the that's the most damaging thing. And that's why I say the media is. I mean, it's it's why I really agree with the idea that the media is the the actual enemy of the people i totally agree with that but i don't i don't want to put it on the the independent journalists i mean there are some media outlets that are really good um the epic times is one of i'm a, I'm a subscriber to the epic times it was only like 40 bucks a year um but they're the ones that have put that electoral map together that mm-hmm. i showed you um just the news Dot com is another uh, good place to go for um, just kind of balanced. I mean, it's hard to find. I mean, I don't even I, I guess I haven't looked closely enough at, at the Epic Times to decide if it was if it's really like a down the middle kind of of. Yeah, as long as it's not just one side or the other. Just. But I can't it's I have a really hard time entertaining the ideas from the other side because it's so. Uh, well, it's not only is it so hateful, but it's also really just false. It's either false or it's twisted to make you believe a false thing, which I really can't stand. I remember I was, I was reading an article the other day. I mean, this was a while ago, but it was, it was just, it was like just the facts, like the, just the facts and the quotes and Mm -hmm. like no real color at all, which is the way journalism is supposed to be. Like, remember when news was boring? Yeah. Like that's how it's, (laughs) that's how it's supposed to be guys. It's supposed to be boring. boring. It's supposed to be boring. And I just found myself reading this, like, like, this is so just dry and, and boring. Like what, what is, Oh, this is news. This is what news is supposed to be like. Just the facts. Here's the facts. You figure it out. Mm -hmm. That's the way the news is supposed to be. And then, guys like me and you we take the news and go here's a show about it we're gonna tell you what we think nah. i don't know how much time we have left because i was gonna check the time to see what uh you know how how long we should go and then i did none of those things i even moved the clock over there which you can't see. I mean, if you if you want to see the video, you can't see the clock, but you, you, can, see, <laughs> you can see the video at uh, ryanokyogan.com. And we're, of course, on uh, YouTube and uh, rumble.com, which is my new favorite video streaming platform. Um, but what do you what do you think about all of the election shenanigans? I've do think- you even think that they're shenanigans? I oh, guess. yeah, they're absolutely shenanigans. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, they're just trying to push Biden because they don't like Trump. They're anti-Trump, so they vote Biden. And I agree. But my skeptical mind thinks, why would they want to get rid of Trump when he's got their ratings through the roof and they're actually profitable now? Whereas the previous eight years of Obama, when they were just stroking him off at every opportunity, their ratings were in the toilet. Well, then they got Trump and they could hate all over him. So it's like, why would they want to get rid of him? And then I remember a couple of years ago, I think it was before the, it was probably early 2018. I had, I have this written down somewhere. It just popped into my head. 
YouTube took like an $8 million loss because they changed their algorithms to be more exclusive or more sort of sensory and their, their stock market shares tanked and they lost like $8 million. So I think who's, well, who's picking up that bill? Well, I mean, we both know how the corporate world works. It's all about money. And that's kind of where, like, I, I get off at the, the stop that takes me down the trail of everything being about money. I really do believe that a lot of the, the more fantastical conspiracy theories can be cut off at, no, it's really just all about money. Yeah. But when I hear that YouTube took an $8 million hit and now all of the corporate news media is pushing Biden for president, I think, well, there's got to be, that tells me that there's something else there besides just making a whole bunch of money. Now, YouTube, not necessarily because they're, they're going to be just fine. <laughs> They'll live. But the news media, I mean, they're like... They're living paycheck to paycheck, yeah. it, it seems. Yeah. So why would they want to push? I mean, they're, I'm sure they know what they're doing. Hopefully. But with just what's, what gives me pause is why would they want, I mean, without trying to explain why they're pushing Biden as the president oh. right now, I'm saying why would they want to get rid of Trump and potentially hurt their profitability or survive survivability or profit margins at all yeah because that's a big part of it i mean I've, sure going like now going back and forth with the whole like did biden do it is trump a liar was there really fraud like going back and forth with all this stuff like it makes sense because it's just exciting sure you know or inflammatory depending on on how you <laughs> want to look at it but in a year if biden's the president in a year are they going to be profitable because we're at war with China or we're no. at war with Iran or we're at war with North Korea? I don't think Biden will still be president. That's a good point. And I did kind of skip over that, that little uh, theory that I was going to that I was floating about how it seemed like at the beginning of the Trump administration, they really wanted to get us into war with Russia or North Korea or Iran, because when Obama left office, he uh, remember he closed the uh, he closed the Russian embassies in a couple of states and kicked all the Russians out and like real like really pissed Russia off like in the final hour. Now some people say that's because he was trying to set up uh, General Michael Flynn. Did you ever hear any of the the shit that was going on with Michael Flynn? And Very little. So Michael Flynn was going to be the. Uh, Director of National Intelligence for the Trump administration. He was going to be Trump's not uh, cabinet official. Okay, and he was not. He was kind of on Obama's shit list because Michael Flynn did not like the Iran deal. He did not like. He he knew a lot of the stuff that Obama was doing, and he did not like it. And he was going to do uh, audits of all the intelligence agencies to find out what they had been doing and all of the stuff that that had been going on. So. When Obama was transitioning with Trump, Obama actually told Donald Trump not to pick Michael Flynn because he was a, he was problematic. 
he was he was a problem guy and that was the only that was the only guy that, that he told him he said don't don't go with michael flynn so of course donald trump because he's number one troll he nominated or he picked michael flynn to be the director of now of, of national intelligence <laughs> on, so <anybody. laughs> the 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 theory is that obama stirred up trouble with the russians to get the Russians to call the incoming or no, no, he wasn't the director of not na- going to be the director of national intelligence. He was going to be the uh, national security advisor. Six of one half dozen of the other. I don't know. <laughs> so Obama kicks the Russians out knowing, and this is alleged according to the conspiracy theory or the conspiracy fact, or just the regular theory, depending on where you're coming from. Right. Obama knew that the Russians were going to call Michael Flynn about getting kicked out of the embassy and about the sanctions and all that stuff, and that they would be able to use that phone call as inappropriate contact between the Trump campaign and the Russians. (laughs) And then if they couldn't get war sparked up or some kind of conflict, between, I mean, and that, that's why I keep coming back to the whole, if chaos is the object, I'm, I'm not convinced that regardless of who the president is, chaos is the object. Oh, yeah. So if it wasn't to frame Michael Flynn with the Russians and then frame the, the Trump campaign, chaos, at least, at the very least, chaos. Well, China wants chaos too. And Russia also wants chaos because they're like, I mean, what, what is that? It's like, it's like AT&T, Verizon and T-Mobile or something. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> to put it in real, in real yeah. corporate terms. Yeah, I think you're right. So <laughs> now they've got, so, so I, I think probably the more universally agreed theory is Obama creates the contact between the the Trump campaign and Russia by kicking the Russians out, but it could also just be chaos, try to cause conflict. There are many who believe that North Korea is actually like a CIA state and that they've been manipulating the, the Kim family. And so that was why North Korea was so hot going into the Trump administration and Trump was able to cool that down and not turn that into a crazy thing as North Korea was firing fucking missiles <laughs> over Japan and Trump goes in there and cools it all off. Yeah. Hang, hang on guys. Stop doing that. So then once they realized, okay, not Russia, not North Korea. Well, maybe Iran, maybe we can Ira- get Iran to do some shit. And that didn't work either. But again, that doesn't really mean anything except for just that chaos was the option. And, and I think also the whole time, once Trump got elected, the plan became, we can't let him get reelected. And that all fits with the QAnon conspiracy theory. Because if this legal process has required Trump to slow play all of the Hillary Clinton emails, all of the Russia gate stuff, and then all of the stuff with Joe Biden and Hunter Biden mm-hmm. going on in Ukraine. It would make sense that this doesn't 
happen all right away. Like he can't just, you know, January 21st. All right. Hillary, you're arrested. Obama, you're arrested. Right. No, it takes time. You got to, because you also got to root out. I mean, how many times did you hear over the last four years about all of the judges that rejected Trump's orders. No, you can't build the wall. Oh, no, yeah. you can't do this. No, that's no. all they did was tell him you no. You can't shut down. That's all they he did. He had to get, so this is, and again, this is along the, the QAnon narrative. He had to get all of those people out of there. He had to appoint the judges that were going to uphold the rule of law. And it's it's never been about doing what Trump says. It's it's always just been about following the Constitution and doing things by the book and and following the rule of mm-hmm. law and and getting our country back, getting getting our country back away from these evil people that are doing these terrible things like right. child sex trafficking and and uh, you know taking away people's rights and trying to uh, reduce the population of the of the planet. That's that's a big thing. Like if you listen to alex jones at all and he i mean i love alex jones for what he's doing um sometimes he gets a little intense <laughs> and uh he's he's also he's having a really hard time and and i care about him because he's a passionate person i mean i wish i was as successful as alex jones um but it's sad to see him struggle and and get discouraged and uh he really thinks that this is you know, the end of days. This is the beginning of the the globalist takeover. Hmm. Um, but I'm not so sure. It's always been like there's hasn't there always been some crazy guy with a sandwich board in Times Square saying the end is nigh. Oh yeah, like the end is coming. Mm-hmm. The sky is falling. Yep. Like like forever. There's always been that guy. I'm not saying that Alex Jones is that guy for us because. He's been right. He's been right about a lot of stuff. I mean, one of the one of the main things he's said, like a big part of his message, has always been like, "We got to be wary of the Chinese Communist Party," and here we are. Yeah. And I don't know, man. It just it, it throws another wrinkle into my into my going to war with China theory because one thing that I know is that China had. Confucius Institutes, they called them, which were like little classroom buildings in all of these major educational institutions, Harvard, Stanford, NYU, Cornell, just infecting the, the minds of our youth. So if, we, if, if the Trump admin was a false flag to go to war with China. Is it, is it really going to convince enough of the population that they're bad and that they, that they should go? I mean, I feel terrible for even thinking it, but I don't like to go places and do things. I don't either. I, I like to stay home and play music and play video games and talk into a microphone sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> so, of course, having to self-censor and, you know, not speak out against the, the party would be a terrible existence at first. But there's a billion people in China doing it right now. Right. 
and I always, when I think about the, the, the lives of the people in those terms, I think back to what Adam Carolla said, which was the Chinese communist party is evil, but they're going to be there in China until the people in China decide that they don't want to be communist anymore. Pretty much. Because there's a billion of them. Yeah. Shitload. There's only 330 million of us over here in America. Mm-hmm. And that's really like what makes it easy to figure out what's going on. Because you think about the Hollywood censorship. Oh, yeah. And how they do that gross kind of stuff and they manipulate studios and, and directors and producers and mm-hmm. stuff over here to get their message either to get their message into the stuff that we're going to ingest or to keep our message out of the stuff that the Chinese people are going to ingest. It's bad. Right. I, I don't, I think it's a, a terrible thing, but when you're trying to operate a business, are you going to listen to the country with the population of a billion people? Or are you going to listen to the country with the population of 330 million people? Which one's better? A billion, 330 million. If you had to pick one, do you want $330 million or do you want $1 billion? Yes, thank you. (laughs) He did the Dr. Evil Pinky for the audio listeners. (laughs) That doesn't make it okay, no. but it makes it easy to see why people make the decisions that they make. And I love that I'm getting here at this point because this is just kind of my mantra, which is why we need to get rid of money <laughs> because money makes you powerful and power corrupts. And money corrupts. So when you get a bunch of money and a bunch of power, it's going to be real tough to not be a real corrupt person. Yeah. And that's where it ends. I hope you enjoyed it. I haven't actually listened to it myself. I'm looking forward to taking the trip down memory lane. Uh, Thanks again for joining us over the holidays. Hope you had a good one. We'll talk to you soon.